0: incredible example of what we're talking about in this series new creations because here you have Rosie who grows up in a household where she's not really able to talk about the deeper things in life and then do you see as she follows Christ the ability that she has with such intelligence and so articulately she's able to get into the nuances of some of the most difficult things maybe anyone could even talk about she goes from a place of dealing with unforgiveness to learning empathy and grace. She goes from a place of experiencing the deepest, darkest aspects of depression to encountering the possibility of joy. Like Rosie said, she's so grateful for the transformative role of her faith in Jesus. It's a gift of this, like true north for us. You know, it's this. It's this fixed goal that all of us receive as believers. You know, when we're in Christ, as I said at the outset of the series, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We're evermore through the course of our life being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. Some of us are coming from backgrounds and challenges and different circumstances. When we're in Christ, we're moving toward that transformation. It doesn't matter how old you are, I shared last week. By the way, if you're entering into retirement age and you didn't hear last week's message, podcast it. And if you don't know how to podcast, ask your grandkids how to podcast it. And podcast it because it doesn't matter where you're coming from. And it doesn't matter what your age is. God is leading all of us in Christ on this journey of ever-increasing glory and transformation into the image of His Son. That is a fixed goal, but what I want to talk about today is the new energy required to be applied in our lives to that process. I say God is always doing a new work. He's always bringing out a new revelation, a new embodiment of His Son Jesus through our lives. But that process of newness, that's set. That's, that's it. That's, that's what life is. To engage that process, what we require is new energy, new resolve day in and day out at every single phase of our life. So that's what I want to talk to you this morning about. And I'm losing my voice a little bit. I'm channeling my Tony Robbins for this message on energy. Energy. I'm I'm very you know positive this morning. I got the growl, the grovel. No, I mean, I've got the energy. My voice. We're gonna see if it holds up, but I have this energy to inspire you to a new resolve in this journey that God is calling us into. It reminds me of our namesake passage. What Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5. He says, "I am the vine; you are the branches." If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. You'll produce a life of blessing to other people and a life that is approved, that pleases God. You're gonna be fruitful if you remain in me. Apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. I cite this verse like every six months, every three months. It's our namesake passage. We're branches, right? It's built on the foundation of this. So, this is your six month reminder. If you remain in Jesus, you will bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Just as a branch is attached to a vine, we're asked and we're told to stay attached to Jesus in order to live a fruitful life. It's not a one-time, I raise my hands in an Easter service sort of commitment. It's an ongoing commitment. Staying, remaining with Jesus. Maintained by an ongoing Connection. Listen to Rosie's story. That was a journey. That's a multi-year journey of remaining and staying with Christ through the ups and the downs. And the Lord continually bearing increasing fruit. It's a story that's not done. You know, it was like several months ago, she came up to me after a time of worship and the message. And she's just crying. She's like, i got to just tell my story. i got to tell my story. I don't know why. i just got to tell it. I say, yes, ma'am, we're going to tell your story. Because God is still doing something in Rosie's life. That's not the end of it. She's still being transformed as she stays, as she remains with him. She's applying new energy. We're always being called to apply new energy to that same end. It's sort of like around my house, there's so much maintenance that's always involved in my house. One of the reasons I almost didn't buy our house five years ago or four years ago was because it had a pool, and the pool was very dilapidated. But uh, yeah, I realized, man, even with it being dilapidated, we put some work into it. It's constant work to keep that thing from being a cesspool, right? I didn't understand this as a kid. I took all this for granted. We had a pool growing up in Arizona. I thought a pool, it's a hole in the ground, you put water in it, you're set. You swim forever. Kids have no idea how much work goes into anything, Right. Every now and then, my dad would say, We got to get the leaves out. So it was like diving for buried treasure. And in Arizona, there's not that many leaves. So it wasn't even that hard. Not that much treasure. For me, every single Monday, I'm dealing with evaporation. I'm dealing with chemical balancing, with acid and pH. I look like a chemist with my system out there testing the waters. You know, I'm dealing with algae and brushing and I'm cleaning up the leaves. And it's the same end forever. I will be doing this for the rest of my life. It's just a goal that goes on, and it's the same goal. Clean the pool every Monday. And what do I require every Monday? New resolve, new energy to accomplish the exact same end. You know, relationships are like pools. Only a pastor could make this connection right now. But it's not like when you get married You know, you just, you're set. It's not like with my wife, I put a ring on it, we're good, right? It's, I mean, I'm done, I can just cruise, right? I mean, no, you didn't just accomplish something and achieve it like I cleaned my pool once and it stays clean. No, everything kind of decays over time. That needs maintaining, that needs nurturing, it's like friendship. You know, it's this ideal. It's the same goal of unity and oneness with my wife from the day we got married on into the future, But it needs nurturing. It needs fresh energy. All the ideals that we've been given as new creations, as those who are living for Christ. This righteousness, holiness, purity, this life of faith. All those things are set. They're fixed. They're not going to change. But what we need every single day is more movement toward those ideals. You know, is this not the message of Revelation have you studied it with us? The church was not is, I argued, troubled by the collective powers of be, the state and its influence and idolatry and false religion that goes on in the culture and the temptations of prosperity and pleasure. All these different forces were working on the church and are working on the church, believers today. And what was the message that Jesus was giving the church? Stick with me. Stay with me. He said in every single one of his letters to the churches, Revelation 3 to 5, even if you weren't with us, he says, to the one who is victorious, I will give. He's saying to the one who sticks it out, to the one who stays with me, I will give. And then it's filling the blank. It's so the white robe of, you know, symbolizing forgiveness. It's that you're going to share the throne that I sit on, that my Father has shared with me. And then you get to the end of Revelation, Revelation 21 and 22, and it's a vision of the future. When Jesus makes good on all those promises to those who stuck with him, they get all the things that he promised to give them. So as John, who's received this revelation, is writing it down to the church, he's addressing the church as, in chapter 1, verse 9, a fellow brother and companion in the suffering kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Christ. Suffering kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Christ. He says, Guys, I'm writing you and I'm right alongside you. I'm a fellow brother. I'm a fellow companion. In what? The suffering. That's all the forces that were working on the church, that were getting them to move astray from remaining in Jesus, from sticking with the promises. And there's a lot of forces that work on us in the world to get our attention in other directions. That's the suffering. He says, I'm right alongside you. I feel that with you. I'm also a companion and a brother in the kingdom. I've got that promise to look forward to just like you. The promise of eternal life and reward in God's kingdom. What we require is the patient endurance. As we face the sufferings and those headwinds and those troubles, as we move toward the promise of the kingdom in the future, we need the patient endurance. Day in and day out to move toward the same end with a fresh resolve and a fresh energy. Ever since we studied Revelation, that phrase, patient endurance, has stuck with me. And it was brought to mind this week as I was preparing this message. So I actually looked at the word in the original language to study it. And I found out it has a lot in common with the same word that's found in John 15 in our namesake passage that I began with this morning. The word that's translated in chapter 1, verse 9 of Revelation as patient endurance is a Greek compound word. It's two words put together. The first half of the word is the same word translated in John 15 as stay, remain. It's what Jesus told us to do. Stick with me. Stay, remain. The second half of the compound word that's translated patient endurance is stay under remain under. It implies that we're remaining and we're staying while experiencing pressure. We're underneath something. There's forces working against us, and yet we're sticking it out. That's what patient endurance is all about. Yeah, I remember, you know, kind of a word picture of what this is like. I remember going out on my sailboat from time to time, and, and, I, would, and I would single hand. That would mean I'm going out there solo alone, I lived on a sailboat for a short period of time because I had no money and I had no friends uh, when I first moved to California. So uh, it was a nightmare, Marina Del Rey, not good. I'll talk about that some other time. But sometimes I take the boat out, and I'll have you know, I I think back, I go, wow, my life, it would have ended. I never wore, you know, a life vest. I was never clipped in, all the stuff that you should do when you're out on the open ocean alone. I read an article one time that says, your brain doesn't fully come online until you're 25. And I proved that when I was 21 and 22. Unfortunately for you, I was leading this community at 23. So God's grace be upon me and everyone else who's youthful. But I remember I go out to the bow of the boat because that's where I had to raise the sails or I got to free the jib or something. And so... Every time you're going to raise sails, you've got to go into the wind. You've got you to face the wind. Because if you're off the wind, you've got to raise the sails, and the sails are being powered up. There's, there's forces working on the sails. You can't lift them. So you've got to go into the wind and take the forces off the sails. But the force of the wind is strongest at you. So you go to the front, and sometimes, you know, you're moving into the wind, but you're also moving into the wave action. The waves are coming at you this way, and it's pushing the boat. And it's splashing over the bow, and you're going up, and you're going down, and you're holding on, and you're trying to raise the sails. That's a picture of patient endurance, staying and remaining under these forces. Because, you know, I'm not moving, right? The whole goal is to stick where I am, and yet I'm exerting an enormous amount of energy to stay in that same place. That's what patient endurance is all about. So my question for you this morning is, what forces are working on you? What pressures are on you? that are going to keep you from staying and remaining with Christ. Maybe you're just bored with your faith journey. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later this morning, but man, we just get distracted as human beings. We just, we just always need something new that's going to grab our attention. So maybe the pressure on you that's going to keep you from sticking with Christ is the fact that you're just getting bored. It's just the same. It's just a habit. It's, it's that you've gotten lazy with your progress. Maybe you're entrenched in sin. You're just stuck in a pattern of sin. Maybe you're not seeing the progress in your life that you thought you would see when you gave your life to God. Maybe you've got a sickness, pain, relationship drama. You're withdrawing because someone's hurt you. You're struggling financially. Maybe you're struggling with your mental health. Maybe you're just, you know, over the th- way things have been going. You just need something new, right? No matter what forces are working on us as believers in Christ, the answer is always the same. To stay, to stick it out, to patiently endure, to call up new energy toward the same end of relying on God. Come to find out, this is one of the most frequent commissions to the church all throughout the New Testament, the Bible, to employ this quality of patient endurance, to call up new energy to remain with Jesus under the pressures of life, just like we saw in the book of Revelation. Paul charged a young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all this. And earlier before this quote, he's talking about the trappings of life, pursuing money and wealth and pleasure and just living for that. He's like, man, flee from all that. Everybody else has tried to build their life on that. you got a thousand, a million case studies of people that tried to make the meaning of their life just following money and pleasure, and you saw what the result was. So you, man of God, that's not your ideal. That's not your end. That's not what you're living for. You're a new creation. Pursue this instead. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, the word for patient endurance right there, and gentleness, Pursue this ability to remain with Jesus under pressure. He's saying this to a young man, Timothy. Next verse, he goes, fight the good fight. That's that's what life is. we got the ideal. We've got, you know, the glory that the Lord has planned for us to be transformed into the image of his son. Now fight for it. (laughs) Fight the good Fight, pursue having that ability to remain and stay under the forces and pressures that are going to come at you. Even for the aged, the message was the same. It's like the verse I cited last week, Titus chapter 2, verse 2. I cited it last week to remind everybody who's older, you need to still be teachable. Because Paul told Titus to teach the older men, teach the older women. You still got something to learn. You're still growing, even when you're older. But what was it that Paul told Titus to teach the older folks? To be temperate, even-keeled. Worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Patient endurance. Same word. The older as well as the young need to know how to remain steadfast with Jesus while under pressure. It says Paul prayed for the church in Colossians chapter 1. If you want to turn there with me, I'm going to open up right there. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. The verses will also be on the screens if you don't have a bible or you don't want to turn there paul's praying for the church part of that prayer is going to be this patient endurance he says for this reason since the day we heard about you church we've not stopped praying for you we continually ask god to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives doesn't that sound so familiar to what i shared last week from romans chapter 12 You're offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God, and you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, we're constantly praying that God is going to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. It's transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. So you're being transformed in the renewing of your mind, and then the outcome is also the same as Romans chapter 12. Then you're going to be able to test and approve God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's saying, you're getting all this wisdom and knowledge from God, and we're praying for you to receive it, and now you're living up into it in this life that's worthy of the Lord. You're pleasing Him in every way. You're bearing fruit in every good work. That's John 15, right? That means you're sticking it out with Him. You're staying with Jesus. So you're bearing fruit. And verse 11, you're being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. This is an amazing process as we're being renewed in the Lord. Mind is being transformed, receiving this wisdom. It's coming out in our lives. We're living lives worthy of the calling that's been placed upon us. We're bearing fruit because we're sticking it out with Jesus. And Paul prays this. So I just pray that you get strength from God in his glorious might so that you might be able to be patient and endure so that you can keep going. The process is happening. Now I'm asking God to strengthen you so you stick in the process so you have a continual fresh resolve So you constantly have new energy. But the word itself reveals the challenge. We're remaining. We're staying, not in a state of anti-gravity or weightlessness, but in it, under the weight and pressure. Staying under the pressure. And yet, while we, as human beings, it's natural to consider that to be unpleasant. You know, we consider that unpleasant. The Bible doesn't look at things that way. The Bible is very pro-challenge. It's very pro-trial. It's very pro-pressure in our lives. Not for its own sake. It's not like the Bible's like, oh, it's just great going through hard stuff, just because. No, that's not what the Bible says. But because of what happens when we're required to practice that patient endurance in the midst of those hard times. Romans chapter 5, let's turn there. Verse 4, it'll be on the screen. Paul says, We glory in our sufferings. We revel in our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Same word, patient endurance. Perseverance, character and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who's been given to us. Let me just take you straight to the end of this whole formula and equation. Outside of Christ, you go through suffering in the world. Outcome is despair. If you're a new creation, if you're in Christ, the outcome is hope on the other side of suffering. Is Rosie's testimony not the most beautiful example of that very thing? That's a suffering in the world without the Lord that can just produce despair. But in the Lord, as we're being made new, as she's sticking it out, staying with Jesus, as she's being transformed with ever-increasing glory, it results in hope. Now that's me shortening the formula in the equation. What's happening in between? The trials and the challenges and the pressure and the hardship is taking us to a point where we require more energy. We require more strength. We call upon that patient endurance. And when we exercise that patient endurance against those pressures, that's when our character is formed. We've been made new creations in Christ, but you actually being shaped into his image, you actually becoming like him, visibly, it's going to happen most of all when the resistance is highest. Because that's when you're going to need to rely on the resources that God provides. And that's when you're going to double down. And that's when your character is going to be proved. Character is something that is tested and proven true. That's what that word means. It's like with gold. You know, there's there's false gold, there's plated gold, there's all these different types of gold. Not everything that glitters is gold. Uh, some Pinterest thing. <laughs> but how do you how do you figure it out? You test it. You apply pressure. You scratch it. You heat it up and you melt it and you find out if what glitters is actually gold. You know, Jesus was constantly putting the religious leaders of his day to the test. Oh, they knew the Bible. They knew the Bible. They knew the commandments. Oh, love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus would put them in these situations where they're put to the test. All right, let's see. Let's see what you really value. So he goes and he heals somebody with an infirmity. And he chooses to heal them in front of the religious leaders on the Sabbath, the day of rest, when you're not supposed to do any work, not even heal, right? So he heals an individual of infirmity. And what is revealed in that pressure cooker situation from the religious leaders? They're indignant. They're frustrated. They can't stand that someone's been healed. You know, they care more about religious observance. They don't really care about people. They care about how they look. They love themselves. They don't love anyone else. It was the test that revealed who they were in their character or the lack of their character. So God allows us to experience and even gifts us with circumstances to bear up under. He places us in situations that demand new energy for the same things we said we believed a thousand times because the question is, do we really believe it? It's like, you know, on the day of marriage, is that the pinnacle of the expression of two people's promises to each other? It's definitely the formal moment when people are making their vows in front of everyone. Are their vows most powerful and most on display when they just say it? When they just speak it out loud in front of everyone? Or is the character of their marriage and the character of themselves proven when the pressure is on and they actually have to fulfill their vows? That's when the character is revealed in the time of resistance in the time of challenge and trial. It's the same here, you know, with our spirituality. Is is our spirituality and our character on full display when we're singing songs and listening to a sermon? You know, is that the penultimate? I said these things about how I feel about God. Or is the character of our faith revealed in the trenches of life? Resistance is the only environment where character can fully be born. Where what we believe in, who we are, is put to the test and it's put on display. Revealing the new that we've arrived at in Christ or the old that still remains. All of it is brought to light. We don't always pass the test, guys. I'm not going to beat you up. We don't always pass the test. But those trials reveal those failures. And they allow us to leave those parts of ourselves behind as they are dead and gone. That's the old that's gone. And those are the moments in those trials, in those weaknesses, where we can call upon God afresh to receive His grace. And the renewing and the new energy that we require by the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, who's at work in each of us. I want to finish with three points in light of our study here this morning. Number one, it's going to feel very rudimentary. But number one, I want you to remember, we always require new energy for the same cause of Christ. I want to just set this in stone, guys. We always require new energy for the same cause of Christ. Our end, our goal, is fixed. It's set. It's not a secret. It's not hidden. It's not... You know, unknown to a believer. it's made plain and clear in the word of God. The life of mercy, the life of grace formed by truth, the life of righteousness and purity and holiness, that is fixed. That's set. We're being transformed into the image of God's Son. That's the goal. You know, I, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert for the next 30 years of ministry that I'm going to be doing. My messages are always going to be that. Always. Sorry, guys. I don't want to bore you. But if I'm preaching 30 years from now, it's going to be that is the goal still. So what we require, though, is a new energy, a new resolve. Different times, different politics, different culture. New resolve toward the same end. Now, I've learned this in my short time in ministry so far. Human beings seem to have spiritual ADD attention deficit disorder, spiritually speaking. Americans are renowned for trying Christianity and then trying something else. I mean, how many people were here on Easter? Where are they? Right across America. I think I'll give Christianity a shot. And they'll show, Easter's a good day. And they go, wow, that was a great shot. I'm good. On to the next thing, right? I cannot tell you how many times in 12 years of ministering someone will visit our church and they'll get done in tears after the worship. That was the most incredible time of worship. Your sermon, it was spoken right to where I'm at in my life. My goodness, this church is amazing. And I'll never see them again. I'll never see them again. Because they are on to the next thing. Even for us who stick around, there's always that temptation to need to tie a new bow on our spirituality. Oh, who's the new speaker? What's the new book? You know, what's the newest fad? We got to quit seeking the new. Jesus says, stay with me. Remain with me. Now that's always going to be a new challenge in every phase of our life. It's always going to require new energy, but that's why so many struggle to stay with Jesus, especially so under pressure because what so many of us are seeking is not anything that demands of us energy, but novel and new causes that require nothing of us. Consider Netflix and your TikTok feed. It is effortless to lose hours and hours and hours of your life while your mind turns to goo. In your TikTok feed, down the wormhole. You know, Netflix, you know, the next episode loads, next episode loads. You, are you still here? You want to keep watching? You're like, yes. <laughs> and then it just goes and goes and goes. Like, we're looking naturally as human beings for the path of least resistance. There's that dynamic Netflix and TikTok. Oh, it's effortless. It costs me nothing. And then you go to read the Bible, and five minutes hurts. For so many people, it just hurts. Man, I don't want to just be caught up in another escape, another distraction, another leisure that keeps us from changing, that keeps us from character, that keeps us from Christ. I want new energy, continual new energy for the same cause, the cause of Christ. I want his character truly formed in me. That leads me to my second point. It's in the times of resistance when our character is most deeply formed. It's in the trials and suffering that we require the resources to withstand, to stay, to apply patient endurance. When you are bored with your faith, when you are tired of serving, when you don't feel like loving people anymore, that is the moment you're in it. That's the glorying, reveling time, because that's when something's going to change. That's when character is going to be born, when you're feeling those things, when you've come to the end of yourself, because when you're bored with the faith, you're going to decide who you are. You're going to say, am I just going to cave to this feeling? I'm just going to live this superficial life? I'm just going to go on to the next high, the next thing? Or I'm going I'm to lean in and become faithful, you know, oh, I'm, I, I'm tired of serving. I've given enough. No one's appreciated. I'm not getting the same validation I used to get. And so you say, I'm going to check out. I'm going to serve myself. That's going to prove who you are. Or when you're tired, you're going to say, I am going to be a servant because my Lord was a servant. When you don't feel like loving when someone has hurt you and you feel like withdrawing, who are you going to be? That's the test. That's the moment. You're going to call up the new energy or are you just going to give in? You say, I'm going to go disappear for a while. I'm going to count this one out or I'm going to call upon the resources. I'm going to love afresh in the same way that the Lord has loved me. For us on a personal level this last week, our financial outlook has changed a little bit like many people in these times. So the question, you go down all the line items, you're cutting, 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 cutting. You get to the line item of generosity, what we give, what we're going to give to the church, what we're going to give elsewhere. Are we going to cut back there? We cut back everywhere else. Times are tighter. That's the moment when there's the resistance and when there's the challenge where you're making a character decision. Who are we going to be? We're going to have to call up some new energy We're going to have to call up some new resolve to patiently endure this season and be who Christ has called us to be. Who will you be? Seeking Christ in his image and his ideals one day and the next when the pressure comes, being whomever you choose, or every day increasingly reflecting his glory. Some of you, you guys are in it right now. You're in the midst of the trial and the challenge. Glory in it because suffering produces perseverance, patient endurance. That results in character, and in the end, it results in hope, because you'll find you can rely on the Spirit of God, pouring God's love into your life. You choose you're gonna be, walking in the image of God's Son. You walked that out enough times in your life, and that just yields this freedom and this hope, because you know God is good, you've seen it and tested it, it's real. It's real. So glory in it right now, if you're in it. But I want to encourage you with my final point. The new energy we require, you require right now, always comes from God. I've been able to share this phrase a lot this last week in conversation with different parents. Parenting is primarily what you're constantly telling yourself it is. I've told a lot of parents that this week. Parenting is what you are constantly telling yourself it is. You're telling yourself, oh, no, no, this, 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 this. this, 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 this. That's just, that, wait, it's gonna pull you that direction. You say it's this blessing, you say it's this opportunity, you say it's this challenge that's gonna make you grow, it's gonna keep pulling you up in that direction. Right, but that, that's, that's a concept for parenting, but that's a concept just, I've seen this in life. That inner dialogue that we have with ourselves is very defining for our energy level, for our level of resolve. We just met with a, a, a pastor in the city who was mobile like we are. This isn't our church building, by the way. This is your six-month reminder that there's a team of volunteers that's setting up and tearing down every Sunday. So meet with this pastor, and they just moved into a permanent facility. And he goes, oh, you guys are set up and tear down. Oh, I hated those days. That must be so rough. You guys have been doing this for 12 years? Man, that's bad. I say, no. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean... Physically, is that the limitation that I have? Every Sunday, am I unable to help with tear down, to pack the church up and put it away? I know I joke about being older, right? And being an old soul. I know I can be a little crotchety, right? But I, I have the physical energy to tear the church down with the team that's also putting out the energy week in and week out to tear the church down. No problem. 45 minutes here and gone, it's good. It's good for my heart health. I don't know. What is it that gets tired? It's not me physically that's going to get tired. It's my mind and my heart that's going to tell me, you shouldn't have to do this any longer. This is somebody else's job. Why don't you already have a facility? And then there's no energy and there's no resolve. You know, this lines up with a study I read this last week. When it comes to endurance for athletes, when they're doing weight-based training, like let's say you're just maxing out at the bench press. I know that's everybody in here. You guys look great. When you're maxing out at the bench press, you will hit a physical limitation. You will hit a point at which your body has no more, and you can't go any further. But when it comes to aerobic activity, endurance-based athletics, rarely, if ever, is your physical body the limitation on continuing on. You know, studies have shown cyclists and runners, when they slow down or when they stop, it's not because they don't have anything left physically. It's because they don't have anything left mentally. And when we lose the energy and the resolve to live into the ways of Christ, it's because of an inner dialogue that we're having in our mind and in our heart. We're listening to ourselves and we're listening to the world. It's the, it's the world that's going to tell you, you know what, that person hurt you, hold a grudge. You can write them out of your life. You know, It's going to be yourself and the world that tells you you should just be saving more for yourself. You don't worry about anybody else. You free up some more space in your budget for you. Jesus's voice is never going to tell you that. You're never going to hear Jesus's voice tell you, you know what, give up on community. If you give up on community, it's because you listen to yourself or you listen to the world. You aren't listening to Jesus because Jesus would never tell you that. Oh, you know what? You can just indulge yourself in that sin. Jesus will never tell you to indulge in that sin. He'll never affirm that. He'll never encourage a life of stinginess and you just hoarding it for yourself. So if you're just hoarding it for yourself and you don't have the energy and resolve to be generous, it's because you're not listening to the voice of Jesus. You know, our life of walking with him, it's a spiritual endurance sport. And where these endurance athletes, they work on their mental dialogue and they coach themselves, we're relying on the Spirit of God who's going to speak life into us and renew our minds. We want to hear the voice of Jesus that's going to give us that new energy and resolve in prayer, in the scriptures, in community, amongst our brothers and sisters who are encouraging us along the same lines. Leading to that new energy and that new resolve for the same end Christ has called us into. I want to commend you this morning because you're here. In the book of Hebrews, it says, do not give up meeting together. It's the simplest message. What is it? It's just a message of saying, keep up your energy. Do not give up meeting together. Keep that resolve. You know, and that's a big deal because there's a lot of people wake up this morning. They look at the clouds. They feel a little mist. Not today. Not today. And that's it, right? They're just not going to come. Do not give up meeting together. you got to get together because you're going to be spurring one another on. You're going to be doing this, giving that new energy by the Spirit of God to each other toward love and good deeds. That's what we want to stir up when we come together, a new resolve to the same end. So I realize I'm going long. It's too long. But I want to pray for you this morning. There's some of you in here. You need new energy. You need a new resolve for where you're at in your life. I'm not gonna narrow that down to any one role or any one circumstance, but if you need new energy, if you need new resolve where you're at, would you stand to receive prayer this morning? If you're praying, I just wanna encourage you to keep praying. I'm gonna pray, Heavenly Father, for all those who stood. Lord, I'm asking for a work of your Holy Spirit. The same way a runner, a cyclist feels like they have nothing left and yet they have so much more Lord, these have access to your power. They're relying on you. They're asking for the strength that comes through your glorious might, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work to resurrect their hearts and minds afresh. Lord, we're asking for that refreshment to take place across this room and all the circumstances, relationships, the suffering, the trials that are going on, Lord would, character be formed in these individuals in these moments would these be defining times for those who stood and lord in a place where they're asking for help lord would you show them how strong you are and how you're able to mold them and how you're able to shape them in these defining moments bless them lord with that fresh resolve that fresh energy toward that end of pursuing you in jesus name